Suddenly, the best sound in Caribbean radio. This is VOC Radio. Let's talk St. Kitts and Nevis, a talk show and current affairs program focusing on St. Kitts and Nevis, the Caribbean, and international news. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. on Voice of the Caribbean Radio, join host Andre Huey as he delves into topical issues of the day. We'll open the lines so you can call in and be part of the discussion. And he'll feature guests each week to help shed light on the various topics of discussion. Let's talk St. Kitts and Nevis with Andre Huey, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. with rebroadcasts on Wednesdays and Fridays, also at 10 a.m. on Voice of the Caribbean Radio at voiceofthecaribbean.net. Also listen on our Android mobile app and tune in radio. Voice of the Caribbean Radio, reaching the Caribbean and beyond. Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk St. Kitts Nevis, right here on Voice of the Caribbean Radio at voiceofthecaribbean.net. I'm Andre Huey. As you would expect, the political disturbances in St. Kitts and Nevis, the public spat among Team Unity Coalition, obviously will dominate our program for today. The People's Action Movement held their convention where a number of allegations were thrown out, um, which seemingly were pointing towards the direction of the Prime Minister, the leader of the People's Labour Party, and a member of the coalition. We will be hearing highlights of each of um, the speakers that were spoken at that convention, namely the leader of the party, Mr. Sean Richards, as well as Premier Mark Brantley, leader of the Concerned Citizens Movement, who gave the keynote address. But before we get into all of that, I had a conversation with political pundit Peter Wickham, and he gave a very damning view of the current situation in the coalition arrangement. Want to hear what Peter Wickham has to say? Well, stay tuned. We'll be hearing from him before we get to the highlights of that convention. In addition to that, we'll also be hearing highlights of the People's Labour Party press conference held on Wednesday. You're listening to Let's Dance and Kiss Nevis. We'll take a break and be right back. Voice of the Caribbean Radio, VOC Radio. Stay locked on. It's the new and improved SK Newsline Android mobile app. With the SK Newsline app, you can watch your news reports, the SK Newsline newscast, sports, special features, and so much more. You can also send us a WhatsApp or call us directly. Go in the Google Play Store, search SK Newsline, and download the app today. The SK Newsline mobile app. News on the go. Online radio has never been this great. It's Voice of the Caribbean Radio at voiceofthecaribbean.net. Tune into Voice of the Caribbean Radio for great Caribbean programs, news, entertainment, sports, and current affairs. Wake up each morning and be inspired with One Day at a Time with Kim Huey. Stay abreast with news across the Caribbean and internationally with the Caribbean News Hour and be entertained with shows like Reggaeville, Caribbean Classics, and Jive Music Show. Visit our website, download our Android mobile app, or listen us on TuneIn Radio. There is so much more on Voice of the Caribbean Radio, reaching the Caribbean and beyond. Check website or app for program schedule. Want to buy some fresh fruits, vegetables, or ground provision, but don't have the time to go to the market or even to find parking? Look no further. Green Green Market Market and Delivery delivery is your solution. solution. Green Market and Delivery is an e-commerce store that sells and delivers local produce to customers. It's in Kizinevis. Anything you purchase, you can get fresh from the market and deliver directly to your door. 
Log on to www.greenmarketskn.com. Click on the e-store link, choose your items, and shop away. We have a wide array of products from fruits, vegetables, local products, spices and seasonings, and much more. Save time and energy. Shop on greenmarketskn.com, your, your one-stop one shop, shop for, for fresh, fresh local, local produce. Stay abreast with news on St. Martin with SMN News. Visit www.smn-news.com for up-to-date news, scoops, opinions, and hard-hitting facts. SMN News, we tell it like it is. Visit our website, www.smn-news.com. If you're looking for a place to host that special event, conference, meeting, social event, party, whatever the occasion, your best option is the Millhouse Convention Center in Palmetto Point, St. Kitts. Located on the picturesque Garvey's Estate, the Millhouse Guesthouse Convention Center has enough space for outdoor events overlooking the Caribbean Sea. If you're looking indoors, the center is equipped with amenities needed to make your event a success. And by combining both spaces, you're sure to have a memorable event, no matter the occasion. Call the offices at Millhouse Guest House and Convention Center to book your next event on simply the most beautiful place in St. Kitts. Call 668-1392. Millhouse Convention Center at Garvey's Estate, Palmetto Point, St. Kitts. Making your event memorable. Auto Plus Car Wash, located on the Collins Street Gut, Bastyr St. Kitts. Bring your car to Auto Plus Car Wash to remove water stains, wiper marks, get your doors, roof panel cleaned, seat floor mats, buffing, headlights, and engine wash. You get quality service at the best price at Auto Plus Car Wash. They really care for your car. Call 765-5140 or visit them on the Collins Street Gut, Bastyr St. Kitts. Auto Plus Car Wash, where the service is number one. The Voice of the Caribbean Radio. Welcome back to Let's Talk St. Kitts Nevis. As promised you, we get into that interview we had with Peter Wickham, political pundit and pollster based in Barbados. Uh, he gave a very damning view of the current situation of team unity in light of the public spat that has been at play at the various public events of the parties involved. Peter, you would have heard the camp convention um, and, and also a bit of the Prime Minister's press conference on Thursday, on Wednesday, sorry. What are your thoughts on, on what is happening and from what you've gathered from, from both entities? Yeah, I mean, what, what we're seeing clearly here, uh, Andre, is, is, is a political mess that really should have been avoided. You know, whenever politicians communicate with each other in the public domain, uh, it signals that there is a, a breakdown of the internal communication mechanisms and indeed the internal mechanisms for discipline. Uh, and it's never a good look. It's never a good look for a political organization, a coalition, or, or any other such entity. And I think that all the parties concerned would, would agree that it's an unfortunate place that they've reached. Uh, perhaps it has been reached by virtue of uh, they, might disagree, they may agree or they may disagree regarding the cause that they reached this point. But I think that the general agreement was that you know, it's unfortunate that it has come to this. Uh, but it's not a good look and, and the situation is, is, is messy politically. In light of that, do you see any path of return for team unity? Meaning 
that they will remain united as a coalition as is, or there are going to be some changes because there's a lot of permutations. People are saying, well, you know, uh, the People's Action Movement and the Concerned Citizens Movement, and especially in light of how they behaved on Sunday, may very well look to oust the PLP and, and form the government with just them. Um, but do you see a path of any return here at this point, based on what you've seen? Right. I think that that's uh, what you could say a simple expectation regarding what could happen. But look, there's some realities regarding the way the Westminster system works. Once a person becomes prime minister, that person has the option to call an election if the individual is threatened. Uh, the other two sides, were they so minded, had, would have the opportunity to bring a vote of no confidence either in their own government or alternatively in a leader to whom they were previously uh, swearing loyalty. They can do either of those things and they have the numbers to be successful, especially as I do not believe that Labour will object in any way to either vote of no confidence in, in, in those regards. The, the challenge that this creates, however, is that if you are successful in either regard, the Prime Minister has an obligation to, sorry, the Prime Minister has an option to call an election. And this is where things begin to get messy. Um, the only way that you can have a change in leadership where you take an alternative person to the Governor General would be a situation in which the Prime Minister agrees that this is the course of action that he wants to follow. Uh, he would advise the Governor General that he no longer uh, can, uh, commands the majority and another person would approach the Governor General immediately thereafter and say, I now do command the majority. However, in a situation where the Prime Minister is threatened with a vote of no confidence, either in his government or him personally, he has the option to dissolve Parliament and call an election. My sense is that if this happens, the, the outcome will be very different. And, and I say that for several reasons, the first of which is that the last election showed uh, a very high level of support for team unity simply because the borders were closed and we did not have the benefit of overseas votes. That changes, however, no. If you call an election now, you will have an overseas vote that could change the complexity in many instances. And I suspect that there are some of the narrower constituencies where the overseas vote could make a difference. And you may very well find Labour benefiting. Now, the point is that if Team Unity, uh, as represented in, in PAM and the Concerned Citizens Movement, decides that they want to uh, essentially bring down the government, uh, in the expectation that they would return to Parliament with a majority, I think that they would also need to be minded that the majority that they currently hold on the ground uh, may not necessarily be reflected in an outcome. I mean, the other side is that there may be some persons who were comfortable with a team unity government um, led by uh, Prime Minister Harris that may be less comfortable with a team unity government led by someone else and may opt in that instance either not to vote or alternatively to vote for Labour. So it's a complicated situation. It is not as straightforward as one might seem. And I think that there is a belief, certainly not only in St. Kitts and even but across the region, that you have the option to just replace leaders. And unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. So for that reason, I think the idea of replacing Dr. Harris at this stage uh, does appear uh, somewhat unlikely. I think Dr. Harris... Probably his trump card is the fact that he can call an election, which will be very disruptive to the status quo. Um, I don't believe that there are many who doubt that he will win a seat. At the same time, he may not win the government. And, and the question is, if he is in parliament, either on his own or with one other, what role would he play thereafter? Or alternatively, would he be like Dr. Douglas now, the former prime minister of St. Kitts and Nevis? Having been prime minister, I don't know that person has a whole lot more to strive for, uh, and, and maybe that might be something that is playing on his mind. Um, as far as 
Palm is concerned and, and CCM, you know, it's, it's clear that Palm to me, and I've said this before, Andre, that I think Palm has been a very, very mature coalition partner in all of this. Palm has agreed on two occasions to give up leadership uh, and to allow the minority party to hold the leadership. I think this is admirable and demonstrates a level of political maturity that has been extremely rare across the Caribbean. Against that background, it's difficult not to see how Palm would not reasonably expect to hold the leadership going forward, uh, not necessarily immediately, but certainly uh, at the next, at the point in time that Parliament is dissolved next in five years. I think that that was the expectation. It's my understanding that that was the agreement that was made initially that started Team Unity off, and, and I think it is only reasonable for them to expect that to happen. The, the fact that we are having these conversations now reflects the fact that Palm and CCM, for one reason or another, may have believed that this was not going to happen. And as a result, they're saying, look, maybe we need to take action to ensure that it does happen um, because we, we, we sense that there's a lack of trust uh, somewhere along the line. CCM has other concerns, but I think that for me, that is essentially how the issue lines up now. And these are the, the, the concerns and interests of the two key syndicates, um, uh, mainland parties in terms of what their expectations are going forward. Mm -hmm. What do you think needs to be done if, if, if uh, a team into supporters listening and, and they want to keep the coalition together? What do you think now needs to be done? What do you think the coalition partners should do um, to, to avoid the break? How it's, head, how it's looking, it seems as if it's coming to an end. But for those who are still wanting to keep the coalition together, what do you think the parties need to do at this point? I mean, there needs to be a communication. There needs to be communication, and there need to be efforts to rebuild trust. Um, I, I have said a, a while ago, um, you know, and I think that it's fairly clear that the Charleston Accord, which gave rise to team unity, needed to have been renegotiated. And I think it's unfortunate that it wasn't renegotiated before the last election. But certainly, it's something that needs to be renegotiated. And I think that there has to be a, a willingness on all sides to say, look, let's give a little in the interest of holding this, this, this thing together. I think you asked me previously whether I thought it was possible to re recover it. Uh, in politics, anything is possible. Uh, my feeling is that the issues which have been put on the table are not too deeply entrenched, that you cannot have some agreement. So I think it is possible to recover it. Uh, I think that the parties, if they were able to sit and regain each other's trust, it could be possible for them to hold on going forward and say, look, we will, we will continue for the next five years with certain understandings about what will happen at the end. But there has to be clarity regarding the leadership of the Team Unity movement going forward. Uh, leadership not necessarily in terms of who will lead it, but leadership in terms of which party or which entity will, will take the leadership next. A leadership in terms of understanding that they do have this commitment that no no individual will remain as leader for more than two terms and that they're still comfortable with that. I think that once you have agreement on those issues, I believe that that's the making of a team unity platform going forward. I believe it can be rescued. But what I would say is that it's not going to be rescued by having public statements being made at party conventions or on the radio in terms of broadcasts and whatnot. That's never an effective way for political parties to communicate. You communicate privately, and then you communicate your private information to the public through agreements and so on. But I think the idea of essentially having conversations in the public domain, if you ever, whenever politicians did that, we, we, we learned that in the Federation, whenever politicians shout at each other through the media, invariably 
what they're trying to do is to pick a fight more so than make a point, which raises a reasonable question. Why were there not internal mechanisms that would have allowed for the solving of these issues before it got to this point? And I think that this, more than anything else, is a weakness of Charleston Accord and a weakness of coalition government period in that you do not have disciplinary mechanisms to deal with these kinds of issues. And as a result, I think it was, it's unfortunate that the, the leadership, uh, and I say that, you know, meaning all three leaders, um, Prime Minister included, did not have the, the foresight and the wisdom to say, we need to settle a lot of these issues up front. We, we saw it come in. I mean, people saw it come in. It was, was, was openly discussed in St. Kitts and Davis that these issues were likely to come to the fore. And I think that they required a mature conversation among the leadership of the parties before it got to this stage to, to have been able to avoid it. Mm. The, the main instigator, based on what Brantley and Sean Richards have been saying at the convention and otherwise, seems to be the Prime Minister. The issue seems to be with the PLP and with, as you pointed out, the promise that was made, which they believe is not being kept. The Prime Minister said yesterday at his press conference that he has never publicly said that he wanted a third term. He has said actually to the contrary publicly that he will demit office after two terms and Sean Richards will become the next Prime Minister if Team Unity were to win. They, however, the, the coalition partners, however, they are seeing something differently behind closed doors um, based on what, the, what their, their pronouncements have been saying. Do you think the Prime Minister, do you think that there's anything the Prime Minister can do at this stage to quell the disturbances in the coalition and try to bring things back together? Yeah, I mean, that, this, is, this is really the issue, Andre. The Prime Minister is being accused of wanting a third term. The Prime Minister is saying quite rightly that you cannot point to any conversation that he has had with anyone publicly where he has said he wants a third term. Privately, he certainly never said that to me. I don't know whether he said it to other persons regarding. So he is operating on the assumption that him not having said that he wants a third term is enough to convince people to the contrary. Now, the challenge is that there's a backstory. And the backstory it was that PLP had a convention in which a lady said, stood up and said, that she thinks that he should have a third term. The Prime Minister claims he cannot be held responsible for someone, someone says on his platform because she was a guest. At the same time, however, I think that there are reasonable assumptions being made by some people that she was sent with a message because people may know Dr. Harris's style and may feel that his style has often been one where people speak on his behalf as opposed to him speaking on himself for himself. And a political strategy is, is, is not unusual where you may have a difficult conversation to have and you prefer to have someone make that conversation on your behalf. And I, I, I get it. At the same time, however, it's come to the point where it is incumbent upon him to make clear his position regarding uh, leadership, his position regarding retirement, his position regarding what happens to the team unity leadership after. And I think that that is perhaps now the only way that you can see clarity because there was a time when not saying anything was reasonable. But I don't know that the, the, the argument the Prime Minister is bringing, which is saying that, you know, I haven't said it, is necessarily washing anymore because there are clearly some undercurrents, um, the vast majority of which I'm not aware of, that, that people appear to have been convinced for one reason or another that there's something that he's up to. And I think that he needs to do everything in his power to disabuse the minds of people regarding what exactly he's, he's up to. Now, I would have said, under normal circumstances, there's no need for him to do this. But I think it's come to a point now where, you know, there needs to be um, certain 
private commitments and then also certain public commitments. And, and that's the only way that this level of trust can be rebuilt. Lastly, before we go, um, the Labour Party. They're obviously the bystander in all of this. Um, and obviously, they're probably, you know, uh, from, from a political standpoint, seeing this as an advantage for them. Um, how do you think the Labour Party now plays into all this? And of course, on a new leadership with Dr. Drew. Yeah, well, I mean, Dr. Drew is in an interesting position because he's not even in Parliament and this conversation is taking place. Um, Dr. Drew will have to be one of the members of PAM if he is to get into Parliament. And as a result, he would not want to be seen in any way to be associating with the, the conversation that PAM is promoting because he will have to take up arms against PAM. Um, there are also rumors that Labour may need very well, if you're looking at the numbers and the configuration in Parliament, it's possible that Labour may need to associate with another group in order to be able to get into Parliament. And I think that the fact that not a lot is being said suggests that maybe Labour also understands that the best thing to do right now is say as little as possible or nothing because one does not know what alliances will have to be drawn at a later point. Well, so well, for that reason, well, just, maybe just, there is just to, stick a pin, just to stick a pin there, the, the, Dr. Drew was on, uh, along with Jeffrey Handley, yesterday on Freedom FM. Uh, the question was asked about him forming coalitions, and he has made it clear that he doesn't intend to form any coalition with the current uh, members or the current part, uh, coalition partners in the current government. Mm -hmm. So, so he, well, in other I mean, words, he, he, he wants yeah. Labour to be on its own. Right. Which is, which is an interesting argument, but at the same time, Labour is not on its own. Labour has a coalition agreement with NRP. NRP holds no seats, but certainly the point at which NRP does hold seats, Labour may want to associate with NRP uh, going forward in the future. I, I don't think it's an unreasonable position for Labour to take that they can stand on their own, because I think that they, they have good reason to believe that they are likely to be successful in enough seats that they could regain uh, that level of ascendancy. But, you know, politics has always been the art of the of the possible. When a politician is placed with a situation where a coalition may very well deliver uh, uh, power in, in a way that it has not been possible before, um, those views can change. And so, yes, they're saying that, no, but I wouldn't be surprised if those views change based on the reality that said, you know, there's a particular configuration that keep, can keep them in, in office and, 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 you know, allow fences to be met. So um, I, I do feel that they are not likely to engage too heavily in terms of the issue, simply because um, I think that they understand, even though they are ruling it out, it, it may very well be necessary at some point going forward. Lastly, NRP. There are supposed to be Nevis Island elections, well, due next year, um, but there's a likelihood that it could, have been, it could be called this year. Um, Premier Brantley has made it clear that he, that's not his priority at this point in time. Uh, he doesn't intend to call an election. It could also mean that the reason for that could be what's been happening on the federal level, because there have been rumors that the Prime Minister or the government is interested in the NRP winning, which is contrary to what the, the Charleston Accord would, um, would, would promote. So in light of that, um, if the NRP were to win or to sh put a good showing in the island elections, how does that change the dynamic in terms of going into a federal election, a snap election? Well, I mean, the, the, I think the real question is how would that work in terms of going into a, a federal election? Because the, the assumption is that the island election would inform the federal. And if the NRP were to gain ascendancy at the local level, it could mean that they're also likely to gain ascendancy at the federal level. 
um, which means that Brandy is left with less than, than three seats, which, which is something that could necessarily play uh, positively in relation to the mainland. The, the influence that the NRP could have is, is reasonable to assume, but I, I am not thoroughly convinced that if you are looking at the, the potential option, which is an NRP coalition, let's say with PLP, um, my sense is that it's not going to deliver materially enough seats in order to, to make it a viable option in terms of government. Uh, I've heard the rumor. Uh, I would want to believe it's not true. Um, my, my feeling is that while, as I said before, alliances are flexible and people can form alliances, um, the, the, the numbers do not suggest to me that the NRP is really a viable partner. My, my thing is, if you have a partnership now with the main force in Nevis, and it appears as though that force is relatively well solidified, I think it is in more of your interest to, to heal those relationships with that force as opposed to attempt to see if you can build a relationship with an alternative force that will, will, um, will, will, will counteract or countervail that, that type of, of reaction. So I've, I've heard the rumors. As I said, I like to believe it's not true. Um, and then if you look at it in practical terms, I don't know that that is likely to deliver the kind of numbers that you would need to make a difference uh, going forward. If, if, if what is rumored you know, regarding um, the types of association that are rumored are true, uh, to me, it's not making practical political sense because you, you have a leading force on the mainland, which is ARM. You have a leading force on Nevis, which is CCM. You have an understanding with those. I think it would always be in your interest to work with that association and make sure that association can deliver something. That's Peter Wickham speaking to us on the political situation in St. Kitts and Nevis um, in light of the public spat that we've seen come to the fore by the coalition partners. We'll take another break. When we come back, we're going to give you highlights of the People's Action Movement Convention. We'll hear from the speeches of Sean Richards and Mark Brantley. And we'll also give you highlights of the People's Labour Party press conference held on Wednesday. Voice of the Caribbean Radio, VOC Radio. Stay locked on. It's the new and improved SK Newsline Android mobile app. With the SK Newsline app, you can watch your news reports, the SK Newsline newscast, sports, special features, and so much more. You can also send us a WhatsApp or call us directly. Go in the Google Play Store, search SK Newsline, and download the app today. The SK Newsline mobile app. News on the go. Online radio has never been this great. It's Voice of the Caribbean Radio at voiceofthecaribbean.net. Tune into Voice of the Caribbean Radio for great Caribbean programs, news, entertainment, sports, and current affairs. Wake up each morning and be inspired with One Day at a Time with Kim Huey. Stay abreast with news across the Caribbean and internationally with the Caribbean News Hour and be entertained with shows like Reggaeville, Caribbean Classics, and Jive Music Show. Visit our website, download our Android mobile app, or listen us on TuneIn Radio. There is so much more on Voice of the Caribbean Radio, reaching the Caribbean and beyond. Check website or app for program schedule. Want to buy some fresh fruits, vegetables, or ground provision, but don't have the time to go to the market or even to find parking? Look no further. Green, Green Market, market and, and Delivery is your, your solution. solution. Green Market and Delivery is an e-commerce store that sells and delivers local produce to customers. It's in Kisinevis. Anything you purchase, you can get fresh from the market and deliver directly to your door. 
Log on to www.greenmarketskn.com. Click on the e-store link, choose your items, and shop away. We have a wide array of products from fruits, vegetables, local products, spices and seasonings, and much more. Save time and energy. Shop on greenmarketskn.com, your Your one-stop shop for for fresh fresh local local produce. Stay abreast with news on St. Martin with SMN News. Visit www.smn-news.com for up-to-date news, scoops, opinions, and hard-hitting facts. SMN News, we tell it like it is. Visit our website, www.smn-news.com. If you're looking for a place to host that special event, conference, meeting, social event, party, whatever the occasion, your best option is the Millhouse Convention Center in Palmetto Point, St. Kitts. Located on the picturesque Garvey's Estate, the Millhouse Guesthouse Convention Center has enough space for outdoor events overlooking the Caribbean Sea. If you're looking indoors, the center is equipped with amenities needed to make your event a success. And by combining both spaces, you're sure to have a memorable event, no matter the occasion. Call the offices at Millhouse Guest House and Convention Center to book your next event on simply the most beautiful place in St. Kitts. Call 668-1392. Millhouse Convention Center at Garvey's Estate, Palmetto Point, St. Kitts. Making your event memorable. Auto Plus Car Wash, located on the Collins Street Gut, Bastyr St. Kitts. Bring your car to Auto Plus Car Wash to remove water stains, wiper marks, get your doors, roof panel cleaned, seat floor mats, buffing, headlights, and engine wash. You get quality service at the best price at Auto Plus Car Wash. They really care for your car. Call 765-5140 or visit them on the Collins Street Gut, Bastyr St. Kitts. Auto Plus Car Wash, where the service is number one. The voice of the Caribbean radio. Welcome back to Let's Talk in Kids Nevis. As promised you, we're going to give you highlights now of the speeches at the People's Action Movement Convention. We'll first hear from the keynote speaker, Mr. Mark Brantley, the premier of Nevis and leader of the Concerned Citizens Movement. In this life, we have absolutely nothing of value except our word. We have nothing if we do not have integrity. The promise of team unity was to raise the political consciousness of our people to such an extent that politics and politicians were given a new and better reputation. The promise of team unity was to create a new St. Kitts and Nevis based on principles of brotherhood, mutual respect and love for each other and our country. The promise of team unity was that every little boy and girl whether from Crab Hill in Sandy Point or Box Hill in Nevis, could look upon us and say in whispered breath that we remain true to each other and to our promise to the people of St. Kitts and Nevis. The question then, brothers and sisters, is whether the promise of team unity can yet be kept. And I say, yes, it can. For me, you see, hope springs eternal. And I believe that we are still capable of keeping our promise to each other and to our people. It is a hope for a better tomorrow for St. Kitts and Nevis that brought PLP, PAM, and CCM together as Team Unity. 
It is the memory of that hope and the return to first principles that must now propel us forward in keeping the promise to our beloved people. There is, my friends, no I in team and no me in unity. Unity has no maximum leader, no ten man in one, and no top dog. Team unity has never been about any one man or any one party. Unity is about all of us. Unity is about our people. Unity is about our aspiration to be better and to do better. I wish to state here today and to publicly proclaim that the Concerned Citizens Movement remains fully committed to team unity and to the principles enshrined in the various documents and discussions setting out the foundational charter of this great political construct. I wish to make it clear that CCM is not committed to some of the core principles, but CCM is committed to all of the core principles. The country must see and feel the paradigm shift in governance, greater transparency, greater inclusivity, greater consultation, and greater accountability as we promised. All of you gathered here would remember the historic launch of Team Unity at Greenlands Park. When I was given the honor of introducing the next Prime Minister of St. Kitts and Nevis, the Honorable Dr. Timothy Sylvester Harris. In fact, if I may depart from my script for a moment, there is one supporter, he tells me of the People's Action Movement, who every time he sees me, he says, Douglas Freud, you're like a monkey Freud gun. Because that was something said at Greenlands, so historic was the occasion. The elections, let us remember, came after motions of no confidence brought by me and by Sean Richards. And after court cases brought by me, which culminated in the now famous Privy Council rulings. My brothers and sisters, in those days, it was one for all and all for one. These trials and tribulations were the truest manifestation of the promise of team unity. Three parties working together as one. St. Kitts and Nevis finally living out its creed as one nation bound together with a common destiny. When the elections of June 2015 were over, PLP obtained one seat, CCM obtained two seats, and Pam, led by Sean Richards, obtained four seats. Now, maths is not my strong point, but I believe that four plus two equals six, and six seats could have formed a government. Put differently, Pam and CCM could have formed a government without PLP. my friends but so so committed so committed were we all to the promises made to each other and to our nation that Dr. Timothy Sylvester Harris with a sole solitary seat for PLP was fully mark my words listen me carefully 
was fully supported as a third prime minister of St. Kitts and Nevis. I recall a seasoned Caribbean prime minister asking me, if we're crazy, how we could give a party with one seat, the big chair. I answered him truthfully. I told him that Pam and CCM are honorable parties led by honorable leaders who always keep their promise. I pause here, brothers and sisters, to make the point that if, listen me carefully, listen me carefully, that if Sean Kenneth Richards and Pam were power hungry, they could have said that they had more than half the seats in Team Unity. They had more than PLP and CCM combined. And they could have demanded the Prime Ministership. But Sean did not do that. Pam did not do that. Sean remained true and kept to his promise. Pam remained true and kept to its promise. CCM remained true and kept to its promise. We have seen some key members of parties in Team Unity being so emboldened that they openly attack me as leader of CCM on social media. Indeed, they have not only attacked me, but my wife and my children too. And Lord, my wife so beautiful. Who could attack a woman like that? They used, they used to use fake profiles, you know. But now they're bold enough to use their own name and their own image. I have asked the leadership in those parties guilty of these vicious attacks to cause these attacks to cease. But to date, in fact, up to this week, they continue unabated. In fact, brothers and sisters, it breaks my heart to say that some of the attackers-in-chief have been and continue to be handsomely rewarded by this very Team Unity government we all serve. I ask rhetorically today, is this keeping the promise of Team Unity? My CCM team, and let me tell you, you know, we're not easy, you know. CCM not easy, you know. The big blue machine, no easy, no. My CCM team has time and time again sought my imprimatur to retaliate to these atrocious attacks on me as their leader. I have consistently said to them that CCM will not, under my leadership, join anyone in sowing seeds of division and disunity. In so doing, some have mistaken my restraint for weakness. I say to you today that my restraint has in fact been an exhibition of sober leadership and maturity. My restraint and that of my party has shown wisdom. And it will be a fatal mistake for anybody to mistake restraint for weakness. CCM strong like a lion. That's a snippet there of uh, Mark Brantley's presentation at the PAM convention. We also heard from the party leader, Sean Richards, the party leader of the People's Action Movement and Deputy Prime Minister. I am further heartened by the fact that the People's Action Movement remains the most popular party 
with the most extended support at this time in our history. And if you have any doubts about that, look around and you will be convinced. The People's Action Movement has always been the main sponsor of the unity of our people. Whether in their communities or at the federal level. And Sir Kennedy spoke to you about 1980 and how Pam kept St. Kitts and Nevis together. Seven years ago, it was the decision of the People's Action Movement and the selflessness of its leaders that gave rise to this modern day unity concept. We felt then, and we still feel now, that the unity we promoted was necessary to take the country to the next level. We promoted unity, understanding that our youth wanted to dream again. Our people wanted to feel safe again, and an entire nation wanted to breathe again. Inspired of all of the external challenges, we rallied a people and inspired a nation to begin to believe again. And while we were the main sponsors, we could not achieve it alone. You, the proud supporters of the party, bought into the concept from day one. We joined hands with the Concerned Citizens Movement and the People's Labour Party as we beat our collective swords into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. We had to forego individual ambitions for the benefit of the greater good. For we always understood that rebuilding a nation shall and must always come first. We always understood that unity demanded sacrifice and selflessness, honesty and clarity, respect and gratitude. But most of all, we also understood that unity demands trust. And without those key ingredients, a cancerous met metastasizing could set in that could threaten the very survival of the dream. Today, I said to you quite clearly and without any reservations that the concept of unity is under attack by selfishness and greed. In an environment where political cooperation is quickly being replaced by the politics of personal destruction. Fellow delegates, the time has come to have an honest discussion with you and indeed with the wider nation. Numbers 33 verse 55 says, 
if you will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which ye let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides and shall vex you in the land where ye dwell. One interpretation that I found for this verse is that it can often be difficult to make a scene and to deal with something as we know we should. We'd rather not rock the boat. But if you don't, the problems will continually vex you. The problems will be like splinters in your eyes and thorns in your side. The problems will multiply. The enemy will take hold more and more. I am not going to dwell with any splinters in my eyes or with any thorns in my side. So this evening, I am here to talk. I am very clear that the concept of unity must be pursued always for our nation will be better for it. But it cannot be saved just by mere lip service, but by concrete actions. We in PAM cannot be expected to hold hands that are no longer opened. We can't extend an open hand to be given a closed fist in return. We have never sought to use the fact that we are the dominant partner in this movement to bully anyone or to have our exclusive way. We understand the need for compromise. We have consistently shown our strength through our humility. We have consistently shown our commitment through deferrals. Our commitment must be matched by the commitment of everyone and every single group. Without such commitments, the very concept of unity will be on life support. We must all be true to our word, determined, even against all odds, to keep our promises to each other. Pam will always be willing to give both consideration and respect, but we expect those in return. This period demands deep soul searching by everyone and with weaknesses shown on many ends. It demands boldness and decisiveness. It demands a reset. We must bring clarity where there is uncertainty and show resolve and provide leadership. As the leader of the People's Action Movement and as Deputy Prime Minister, I have heard the comments of many of you, especially in recent weeks, 
and I have listened to all of the advice. I am more willing now than ever to lead if that is what you desire of me. Rest assured that your will shall be done. We are also all part of a team, all working together to bring benefits to the people of this nation. In that regard, because he's here, I want to pay special public tribute to a co-leader in team unity, the Honorable Mark Grantley, who is not just the Premier of Nevis, but the Minister of Foreign Affairs in the federal government. Brother Mark, you have been a great partner and one who is totally committed to the cause of unity. Indeed, you are one of the keepers of the flame. I want us to stand and give Brother Mark, as well as Alexis, and all of the members and supporters of CCM, a warm and welcome. We also want to recognize the contribution to the unity concept of the Prime Minister, and of course, to my dear friend, the Honorable Akila Byron Nisbet, and also to the members of the People's Labour Party. Members and friends, in any partnership, there will be strong debates, sometimes even disagreements. But it stays together once we keep to the core principles. And as I have said, None of us could have done what we have done in government without the support of each other. As Deputy Prime Minister, I have not only have to provide leadership to the PAM Caucus, but support to the leadership of the federal government and to Prime Minister Honorable Timothy Harris. Sisters and brothers of PAM, I am proud to report tonight that I have kept the faith. And there is not a single individual who can deny that I have been a loyal Deputy Prime Minister for the past seven years. But, but, I must also be loyal to the task of keeping the promise. And I stand here tonight determined to continue to fight the good fight, determined to stand up for unity, giving you the assurance that I will keep the promise. And what is that fundamental premise of the promise? The premise of the promise is that all should be treated fairly and with respect. And so when the Honorable General Powell comes here tonight to complain about housing, it cannot be fair and be with respect when 15 houses are donated to this country and all 15 built in one single constituency. The premise of the promise is that no one will be put at a disadvantage and that we shall go forward with leadership that consults.
coming from the period of the original labor, we collectively subscribed to the concept of servant leadership, understanding that any deviation from this could land a fatal blow to the concept of unity. The premise of the promise is that we shall never turn our guns on each other, that we shall never bring each other into disrepute. The premise of the promise is that we shall not seek domination of each other, but that it will always be a genuine partnership. They don't need to be agreements on paper. They don't need to be agreements via legislation. Or they don't need political maneuverings for us to stand by those promises. For the unity concept to survive, we must all stay true to the premise of the promise. Part of that premise, of the promise, is that each party will only feel candidates in certain constituencies. And the People's Action Movement has kept its word on this promise. In 2015, we gave a promise to run in six constituencies in St. Kitts. For PLP to feel candidates in the other two constituencies in St. Kitts, and for the CCM to field all of the candidates in Nevis. In 2020, the PAM gave further accommodation for a next candidate in St. Kitts to be run by PLP. However, there's an old saying that says, you give some people an inch and they want to take a mile. Tonight, tonight, I want those that want to go the mile that Sean ain't going a mile with nobody. The inch given remains the inch and not one inch extra. Pam, as part of Team Unity, will not give any further considerations to any other political party which, which is part of this Team Unity construct. We must remain faithful to the promise. Second, Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 13 says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. This biblical verse reminds us that God is always faithful to us. He does not contradict his word, nor does he go back on it. Hence, hence, for those who believe in God, for those who recite the words of Timothy, for those who claim to live by the words of Timothy, whether they come from first or second Timothy, and not not taught Timothy because I ain't seen a taught Timothy in the Bible. Not not taught Timothy. 
Because I ain't not taught Timothy in the Bible. That's Sean Richards, leader of the People's Action Movement and Deputy Prime Minister, speaking at the PAM convention. Just a portion of what he spoke about. In response to those pronouncements, the People's Labour Party, led by Prime Minister Dr. Timothy Harris, held a press conference to announce their convention, which is coming up close to the end of this month. And uh, Dr. Harris was asked about the allegations or the suggestions that he's seeking a third term. He was also asked some other things as it relates to the fair share of CBI receipts to Nevis. He spoke about that. We'll share as much as we can to take us to the end of the show. Speaking at a press conference of the People's Labour Party ahead of its national convention, Prime Minister Dr. Timothy Harris questioned recent focus on him pursuing a third term as Prime Minister. According to an agreement between the members of the three-party political coalition involving PAM, CCM and PLP, no Prime Minister would serve more than two consecutive terms in office. But speculation that Prime Minister Harris was departing from the agreement first surfaced from a speech made by a featured speaker at PLP's 2021 convention. Speculation continued right into PAM's 2022 convention, where coalition members spoke on the issue, placing warnings that they would not tolerate a third term. Asked by the media for his position on the matter, the Prime Minister responded. Every arrangement which we have made in relation to allocations to Nevis, they have come after presentations have been made to me by the premiers of Nevis in regard to this matter. Premier Amri came, we had a discussion over what he had proposed, what he thought then was reasonable. When Premier Amri left the political scene, Premier Brantley came made a proposal to me. We had a discussion and I agreed. I agreed after consultation with our experts about the sustainability of the program that we will, we will undertake to increase the allocation to Nevis by 50%, 50%, a dramatic increase from $30 million where there was none, zero, before, to $45 million. 50%. I have never been unreasonable with respect to this matter. I have a federal responsibility, and I have the laws of the land to help guide me and the technical advice to guide me. Utterances made by Team Unity Partners also suggested that PLP is planning to field candidates against current elected representatives. But again, Prime Minister Harris has disputed the alleged intention. Then about reporting for SKN Newsline. You have been listening to Let's Talks in Kids Nevis. That's Prime Minister Dr. Timothy Harris, and leader of the People's Labour Party, speaking on a variety of issues as it relates to the coalition government. Well, that's how we're going to end today's edition of Let's Talk St. Kitts Nevis. I'm Andre Huey. I was your host. You can listen to this program again in its entirety on demand on our website, www.voiceofthecaribbean.net. Click on VOC on demand or you click on the section that says to listen to our shows. You can click on that and you'll find this show in its entirety there. We'll also have rebroadcasts of the show in days in the coming week. Thanks again for listening to Let's Talk St. Kitts Nevis. Stay tuned to Voice of the Caribbean Radio, reaching the Caribbean and beyond. I'm Andre Huey.